Leaky Black has a chance on Saturday to do something that literally no Tar Heel has ever done. But most importantly, North Carolina needs a resume-building win inside Madison Square Garden. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, December 16th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making us your first listener watch of the day to make sure you get the very best Tar Heels content every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get you primed and ready for the CBS Sports Classic inside Madison Square Garden tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, North Carolina and Ohio State. We're going to have our second ever edition of the Heel of the Week and the Heel of the Week. And uh, just a fun, fun, leaky black tribute and shout out as part of the Heel of the Week. I've done a statistical deep dive. If you know me, you know that's what I love to do. And I got a humdinger for you. But first, I really want to take stock of the Carolina side of things from a men's basketball standpoint as they head into this weekend and the final two games of the non-conference schedule um, and, and just kind of look at where we're at and what we're expecting before we get into the game itself. We're at kind of this pivotal fork in the road moment where Carolina has a real true test of building on the prosperity that they've had over the past, what I've been calling 92 minutes of game action dating back to the final 12 minutes of Virginia tech. Um, they looking back at it now two and almost a half games later, it really seems like they found something there in Blacksburg. And that was something of a turning point, not to mention following that you get home and you sleep and you practice and, and a few things like that. But uh, the Tar Heels kept climbing into the Georgia Tech game. And even though Citadel was a lesser opponent than either of those two, I thought it was um, another step forward in the journey of this season. And now, now after kind of building those things, you have a shot at a really resume building type victory over Ohio State on Saturday. And it's an interesting moment in the schedule because Carolina doesn't have any more by games, right? The the cupcake games that we're looking at. All that's left is two non-conference games, both against Big Ten opponents, Ohio State and Michigan. And from then, after, after Michigan next week, it's all ACC scheduled the whole rest of the year. They've already played two, so they've just got 18 left. I uh, mean, so we're going. It is time that you got to make your move. And thankfully, I feel like that's the spot the Tar Heels are in. For me, this isn't about being March ready right now um, because you don't want to peak right now because that's very difficult to sustain. You want to always be um, in a mode of, of learning and growing just like any of us do, like as students or, or wanting to be further educated in life. Same is true of any sports team. You want to be building, building, building to be at the height of your capability or ceiling when you get to the most important part of the season, which for men's college basketball is March and early April. And so it, this right now is just about continuing to take these steps. 
can what the Tar Heels have recently built carry on into higher level games that they're about to step into? Um, and in the four losses, other than the Indiana game, they've been not only just right in it, but had great opportunities to win those games. A couple other parts of this, I, as part of that journey, things I'm seeing trending now in the right direction, Caleb Love with back-to-back strong performances had fi- led the team in assists in both of these last two games. I mean, that alone is a marker to me of um, Caleb's mindset being right and um, clear that he he is starting to get a little bit more dialed in and ready. And, and that game against Georgia Tech was five assists and four turnovers, but then you move it forward to the Citadel and, and six assists and zero turnovers. That, that is it. That's where Caleb Love needs to be. And so the question is, how does he keep building against Ohio State this, this weekend on the biggest and brightest stage in what's known as the most famous arena in the world? And so I, I'm really looking for that, for Caleb to build on what he did uh, in the past two games. Uh, another big part of this journey is now um, outside of DeMarco Dunn, who's out with a broken um, hand, you're starting to get everybody to be at least able and capable, capable, excuse me, to be part of the rotation. Now with Jalen Washington in, um, we got obviously in a, in a game against a team like Citadel, such great depth opportunity on Tuesday night. And now it's like, will the depth be there going forward? Or was that a one-off because of the competition? I mean, they're not going to score the bench 42 points a game. That's unrealistic to think about. But I think you saw that there are multiple more guys that can contribute than have been. Now Jalen Washington has played two games. He played like two and a half minutes against Georgia Tech about six and a half minutes against the Citadel. And now you kind of keep upping his minutes. I'd love to see Jalen get mm, seven, eight, nine against Ohio state. And then maybe up into the double digits against Michigan, because while those two games are great, what you really want to be doing is getting him ready for ACC play. Uh, Did Dontre styles earn himself some more playing time? with his performance on Tuesday. And I mean, you've heard the things that I've said and and what I've heard from kind of some of my sources um, and seeing what we did from Dontrez on Tuesday night. Is that still, is that still the case? Some of the things we're thinking about him. I I certainly hope not. I'd, I'd love to have been given wrong information about that. I'd love to continue to see Dontrez rolling. Um, clearly Tyler nickel is getting more comfortable. Um, he matched Caleb love for the most shot attempts on the team in, in the game on, um, on Tuesday against the Citadel. And so all of these things, Pete Nance was very efficient. I know we're not talking about depth with him, but just to see the robustness of everyone finding things to contribute. Love that as part of that, um, it really seems like like Mondo is not 100%. It's clear. Like you still see him favoring that shoulder from time to time. Um, and, and who knows with his uh, lower body injuries. Um, so he's not in perfect health, but he's okay. He's good enough to go and good enough um, to be giving you the things that you need from Armando Baycott. would like to see a higher level of um, converting shot attempts into baskets. Um, and, and that'll get there, but... It, that's probably the biggest thing right now, but 
for Armando, who barely missed out on double doubles in the first three games of the season, now has four straight and six in the last seven games he's played. He's one of just 13 players in the entire nation averaging a double-double. But part of the cool thing with that is that he is fifth in the nation in total rebounds per game. Excuse me. And only um, of of those four that are above him, only Zach Eady, who is, is leading that group, in both scoring and rebounding ridiculous. That's why he's the front runner for national player of the year right now, but he's the only one of those four ahead of Armando and rebounds who also has a higher scoring average uh, of those top five rebounders in the country. Armando has the second highest scoring average. And so he's just like, I know it seems like Armando is just kind of cruising along, not doing anything overtly bonkers crazy in terms of his performance, but he's the fifth leading rebounder in the nation right now. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we're doing just fine. Thank you very much. And so we'll continue to watch that. But again, it seems like Mondo is back and ready to go. So what does kind of all that mean as we get ready to play this game against Ohio State on Saturday? I want to get you primed and ready for it. And we'll do that in just one second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season and is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer, and esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. Make sure you check out the line for this CBS Sports Classic game. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix right there at Bet Online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action bet online where the game starts also for your second listen of the day i'd love to encourage you to check out our other podcast locked on sports today part of the locked on network from the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with insights that the local experts of locked on are the only ones who they can give it to you locked on sports today available on youtube and anywhere else you get your podcasts okay here we go cbs sports classic saturday tomorrow december 17th at Madison Square Garden, Tar Heels tip off against Ohio State at 3 Eastern. The game that follows is UCLA and Kentucky. Should be a great doubleheader as it is every mid-December. And I know some of the, the, the pairings have gotten wacky as we've gone through the COVID years, but whatever. The Tar Heels are playing Ohio State this year, and that's all you really need to know. Here's the biggest thing. This is a massive game for North Carolina in terms of resume building opportunities. Why? Well, North Carolina, if, you, if you're unaware, a big part of what the NCAA selection committee does now is uses um, the net rankings, which is part of um, an NCAA proprietary algorithm um, to kind of rank the team, the 363 teams in division one. And those opponents are all broken down into four different quads based on where they're ranked and whether you're playing them home, away or neutral. And so they look, the selection committee does highly, highly about um, not just not taking bad losses, but also who you've beaten and the level of those. Because of the relative weakness of the ACC this year, although Louisville finally got their first victory of the season on Wednesday night, that's great against Western Kentucky, but hey, it's a win. Um, because of that relative lack of high-level teams in the ACC this year, 
as the as the schedule stands right now, the Tar Heels only have six opportunities left in their 20 games to get a quad one victory. And one of those is Saturday against Ohio State. And so uh, you, you don't want to put pressure on yourself to say, hey, this is a must win game. But it's really the last opportunity to get a marquee win in the non-conference portion of the schedule because Michigan uh, is is falling off a little bit. And so you really, really want to get this game. No pressure, though. Well, as for Ohio State, they're seven and two. Their losses are to San Diego State and to Duke. And you hear San Diego State. Just keep in mind, they're highly not highly ranked. I think they've actually fallen out of the top 25 now. But they were ranked at the time when um, Ohio State played them. So they're a strong mid-major. As for the seven wins, four of them are the teams ranked outside of the top 250 at Ken Palm. And so you kind of throw those away. Uh, Ohio State's three wins that kind of have some water. Their best win is is Rutgers. And honestly, they shouldn't have won that game. There was a controversial three-pointer at the buzzer that shouldn't have counted, and they should have lost that game. So there you go. But also Texas Tech and Cincinnati. Those are the three um, best wins that they have this season. Now, I mean, it's I shouldn't be throwing shade at them because North Carolina, throwing shade, that's me, uh, because North Carolina doesn't necessarily have much to show on their resume either. So there's that. Of note, the Buckeyes will most likely be without... Isaac Likely, uh, a regular starter who, as of the time I'm recording this, uh, has been at home in Texas dealing with some personal matters, some illness, and I understand um, death of potentially a close friend as well. I mean, you hate to hear that for this young man. He missed that Rutgers game, and it sounds like he's going to miss this game as well. So first off, um, Isaac Likely and family, our thoughts and prayers are with all of you. Um, but secondly, folks, just be aware that there's a chance that Ohio State will be without him for a second straight game. It's unclear exactly when he'll return. And I mean, you, you hate to look at it this way, but that's a big win for the Tar Heels. This is a versatile 6'5 player, actually leads the team in assists at 3.1 a game. And so um, nobody's going to cry over uh, Isaac likely missing this game if he does. Zed Key uh, is an undersized big. He's the leading scorer on this team, 14.3 points per game. And he's doing so at a very efficient level. I talked about uh, Mondo's kind of lack of efficiency. Well, <laughs> Zed Key's shooting 70, 70.4% from the field. And so, whew. That is a good number for him, and I'm sure it's something that Coach Chris Holtman loves to see, and they're going to try to um, use maybe some of the quickness with their undersized front court to take uh, the Tar Heels out of their game. Very interestingly, this is a matchup of two teams in pretty similar positions to themselves, and they are quite similar teams as well. At Ken Palm, they're ranked Ohio State 17, right now North Carolina's 22, Uh, They're very close in their Ken Palm offensive and defensive efficiency. Both teams are higher level offensive teams. Ohio State uh, is fourth in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Carolina is ninth. So both top 10 offenses, but they're both outside the top 50 defenses. Carolina is 59th in adjusted defensive efficiency, while Ohio State is 77th. So uh, a similar brand there. Neither team has a true road win to this point in the season. This obviously won't count as one either. It's a neutral court game. In the net rankings, again, very similar as well. Both teams in the low 30s, mid 30s, I guess it would be for the Tar Heels. Ohio State 30th, North Carolina 35th. 
to those quads we talked about. Neither team has a quad one victory. Um, this is going to be one for whoever wins this game. It'll be a quad one game. And um, But both teams are undefeated outside of quad one. All six combined losses for these two teams are quad one games, and then they're undefeated in quads two through four. So that both teams have won the games they're supposed to win and have lost games against quad one competition. Interesting stuff there. Four things for you to watch out as you watch the Tar Heels in this game. Number one, basically what I just talked about. Can the defense start to catch up to the offense? You've got several individual, strong individual defenders on this team. Can they start to become more of a cohesive unit? That's another part of the journey of the season. It's not going to happen overnight, uh, especially with one of your best defenders being freshman Seth Trimble and, and learning how to play together as, as you work in more guys. Number two thing I'm watching out for in this game is Carolina, as I said, kind of has a massive advantage inside to exploit. Um, Zed Key and Justice Suing, who are the frontline guys, go 6'8", 6'6". Bryce Sensabaugh, who's the one coming in for Isaac Likely, is also 6'6", kind of more at that wing position as well. And so um, at the guard spots, Thornton and McNeil are 6'2", and 6'4". So they kind of match up essentially with with Caleb and, and RJ and Seth tremble when he comes in but clearly at three through five carolina is bigger with leaky black pete nance and armando baycott in fact leaky at the three is as tall as zed key at the five and so uh at least in terms of the starter the five starters that's what you're looking at there and so north carolina has clearly been making it an emphasis to get the ball into the post get post touches for baycott lately well this is another big opportunity to do that and big opportunity to once again prove yourself on the glass. Carolina has to win this rebounding battle against Ohio State. Number three, the offensive fluency, I'll call it, has been looking better lately. Um, the last two games, after, after Indiana and Virginia Tech, where Carolina had a 25% assist rate, meaning they assisted on tw only 25% of their made baskets. Against Georgia Tech, it was 55.6. That's a great number. But against the Citadel, it was exactly 75%. That, to me, is the most emblematic thing of Carolina becoming Carolina. They're sharing the ball. I mean, to, even just to the eye test, you can watch it and see, man, this team is moving the ball with such better intentionality and purpose. Now, finding the best shot, um, not not being players who is like, ah, that's a good enough shot, but can really legitimately working. And so I'm really curious to see how they're able to do that against an Ohio State defense that, that frankly isn't top 75 right now. And so um, Carolina has an off opportunity to continue um, having high-level offensive ball movement, which can also hopefully lead to another better three-point shooting day as we look at that offensive fluency. I'm looking for that as well. And then the fourth thing I'm really watching for is something I alluded to earlier, but what about the bench rotation? Um, I, listen, Coach Davis is not going to roll out everyone as he did against the Citadel, unless it's just an absolute blowout one way or the other, which I don't expect. I expect this to be a pretty close game. <laughs> But something to keep an eye on. Puff Johnson's played fewer minutes the last three games. 12 against Indiana, 12 against Virginia Tech, and then just like six or seven against the Citadel. Of course, part of that is nobody played, nobody hit the 30-minute mark in this game against the Citadel because everyone is getting time. So, um, but <clears throat> did Tyler Nickel earn himself more playing time with his performance against the Citadel? Is 
Dontre Styles is going to start working back into the lineup more. Um, Seth Trimble is playing up into the 20s now, can, has done so each of the past two games. Um, so I'm really curious to continue watching what not only what the bench rotation is, but how much Coach Davis utilizes that depth. Is he starting to trust it more? I think this is going to be a key game to watch how Coach Davis utilizes his bench. So be on the watch for that. Okay, we got to finish off today's show with our second ever Heel of the Week and Heel of the Week. And that's going to be a great conversation. Can't wait to have it and talk about it. But first, this episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But now you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Besides, what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? Or even so, what's the worst that could happen if you do? Your, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or heaven forbid, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the ring drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel when they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, here we go. I'm so excited to be doing this segment. If you haven't been submitting um, ideas or uh, um, your vote or your nomination, that's the word I'm looking for, for the heel of the week and the heel of the week, man, you got to start doing it. Lots of people have been submitting great things. And uh, honestly, it's hard to choose from. But um, for the for the heel of the week, the yay, I'm actually picking this one out myself today. And why? Because I said off the top of the show, we're going to celebrate something that Leaky Black is get is on the verge of doing that no other Tar Heel in the history of Carolina basketball has done, at least in recorded statistical history. And that is this. Let me give you his current numbers in five statistical categories. Points, 682. Rebounds, 577. Assists, 297 blocks 73 and steals 135 now when you look at those categories it's not always um the same type of player right if you look at somebody that's doing um, more with the rebounding and blocks perhaps you know they're more of a big and so they're not doing as much with assists or steals or if it's a guard that that's getting more assists and more steals, maybe they've got like two blocks in their career because they just can't do it. When I think of statistical categories like this, I think of somebody like Danny Green or more recently Theo Pinson, um, who guys that are just able to fill these things out and really be stat sheet stuffers. Well, with where Leaky's at right now, again, the 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 key. Uh, stat that I want to point out in this one is the 297 assists because that's the closest next threshold stat that he's hitting. When Leakey gets three more assists, he will become, stay with me, the first ever Tar Heel and the only player in Carolina history to have 600 points, 
at least 600 points, at least 500 rebounds, at least 300 assists, at least 50 blocks, and at least 100 steals. The only one ever. I've gone through and meticulously researched this, and I promise you, it's true. Now, uh, with where he's at in all five of these categories, he's about to set those thresholds even higher. It's about to be, like by the end of this season, this is a guarantee. Seven, uh, you know, barring health, or anything like that. It's about to be Leakey is the only player in Carolina history with 700 points at least, 600 rebounds, 300 assists, as we already hit on, 75 blocks, and 150 steals. Again, 700 points, 600 rebounds, 300 assists, 75 blocks, and 150 steals. That is insane. If you're the only, if if you are in the record book for Carolina anywhere in basketball as being the only person to do something, you're doing something right. And so, listen, I know, asterisk, it's a fifth year. I get that. But keep in mind, Leakey lost a lot of uh, his freshman year to an injury. And so, um, you know, there are certainly games missed in his career. And so that's part of it as well. But um, asterisk or no asterisk, think of everything that Leakey Black has been through in his career. And so I'm so hopeful that he's able to get these three assists Saturday in Madison Square Garden. How cool would that be? But then we can officially say, and I'll send out a tweet about it and everyone can have fun and retweet it and all that. Yay, Jazz. Um, But it's about to be 700 points. Excuse me. It's about to be on Saturday if he gets these three assists. 600 points, 500 rebounds, 300 assists, 50 blocks, and 100 steals. The only one. Leaky Black shouts to you, you are our heel of the week. Now, uh, for our heel of the week, this is um, uh, this person was suggested to me by just about everyone that sent in submissions, and it is Texas head basketball coach Chris Beard. Now, we, we talked about him on the show earlier in the week, and so I don't want to... R- relitigate or reiterate all of all of the issues going on there with um, the Texas program and with Chris Beard. Um, but interestingly, we had that ad read just a minute ago and it ended this way. And I, that's part of what I wanted to come back to play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. And here's the key. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. And, and that's part of the situation Chris Beard is in. If, I guess I should say, if if you're unaware unaware or haven't been keeping tabs, um, Chris Beard was charged on like in the middle of the night Monday um, with assault on his fiance, was uh, arrested and booked with a felony charge and um, had a $10,000 bond that was set. Um, Texas was in action that night. And obviously he's not on the sideline. If, if the allegations, uh, like I've read the affidavit, I'm not going to read it to you because it is, uh, I mean, just not, not something that you want to be hearing or thinking about, but if the allegations in this are, are fully true, and obviously we want to not jump to conclusions or assumptions, we want to let due process play out and, and see what happens. But safe to say that if these things are true, he should never be back on Texas or frankly, anyone's um, sideline coaching. Again, we'll have to wait and see. But the the thing is, you just, you can't do these things. And I know that it's like a, a moment of like fury and rage. So um, I, I will give you this part of the detail of it. What happened was 
Chris Beard's fiance actually, I wouldn't say she instigated it, but she, they, they'd been having some arguments as a couple. Um, there was something going on where she took his glasses and broke them. And then later in a fit of rage, he came to wherever she had gone to and assaulted her pretty drastically physically. Um, and, and so I think that's the thing I want to say is you control your own anger, Chris Beard and, and any of us, right? Um, just because someone else does something to you doesn't mean that you have to retaliate in kind or even exponentially worse as seems to be the case here. And so, um, the, the, the humanity in that is just unwise, whether you are a person in a high profile position in our country or whether you're a janitor sweeping the floor or what, you know, whatever it is, um, we, we just have to be better to each other. I mean, I, I know it's, it's an, an aphorism to say, if, you know, someone takes your cloak, give them also the shirt off your back. If the, the, um, Jesus says, if, if, you know, somebody slaps you, turn to them the other cheek. And that's clearly what Chris Beard did not do in this moment. And um, may we all be a better society that is able to um, defuse situations rather than a moment that could change your life. And whether that's relationships, occupation, whatever it may be for the rest of your life. Friends, let's hold each other accountable to these things. Let's all be better. Let's all love each other better, especially in this holiday season. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. And that does it for this week on Locked on Tar Heels. I won't be able to do a postcast after the Carolina-Ohio State game because I'm actually going to be up in New York with my family on a vacation hanging out. But I will have a Locked on now immediately following the game that we will post um, that I'll record just outside Madison Square Garden. They're coming up on Monday where we obviously are going to have a recap of the game more fully there as well as get you ready for the week ahead. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Would love for you, especially those of you listening on Apple where there are reviews available. There's just not many reviews. Would be honored if you would go leave a five-star review. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today. <laughs> Excuse me, making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen today. I want to encourage you to go listen to Locked On Sports today. Check it out. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on Odyssey YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. If you would, subscribe, smash the like button, leave comments on any of your thoughts or who you'd like to see be the heel of the week or the heel of the week. <laughs> oh, man, it's great to be together. Another great week. I cannot believe how quickly Christmas is coming, but it's going to be here soon for those of you who celebrate. You know what, folks? It's always a great day to be at Tar Heel, ain't it? Until next week, peace. <laughs>